Welcome. Welcome. To the next episode of the Brio and the Box podcast. How are you doing today, Zaz? I am good. Yeah? Yes. She Lovely. woke up like this. <laughs> I was just commenting. I literally did wake up like this. Like yeah. I've done nothing. I've My ponytail's in the way of these headphones right now. Uh, today we're going to talk about... Programming. Programming. Mm-hmm. You are the master programmer mm-hmm. of the Brio workouts. Okay. I will, I will brag about you a little bit. One of my favorite pastimes. Master is a big word. Yes. You are the mastermind okay, behind the Brio better. programming. Um, I will say that I, I feel like the programming of Brio is a strength of ours. I think uh, <laughs> crafted over years of making a lot of mistakes. For sure. You've just like figured out how to do it well. Uh, we get lots of compliments on our programming. Even people that move away continue to follow Brio workouts. Um, you know, we get lots of nice compliments yeah. on the programming. So we're going to talk about what all goes in, the kind of like peek behind the curtain of what goes into crafting a good CrossFit program from the micro level of the day-to-day, week-to-week, month-to-month, the year, yeah. the cycles of of how all this stuff comes to be. Right. Well, we need to take a step back first. And just sort of establish some definitions of like what we're talking about. Yeah. So the textbook level one definition of CrossFit is? Constantly varied functional movements executed at high intensity. So that has three components. Yeah. Constantly varied. The variance functional movements pertains to the kinds of movements that we do. And then executed at high intensity is like the stimulus that we're looking for the way we approach how we execute the varied functional movements. Right. Fair to say? Yes. So we're going to talk about... The variance piece first. Yeah. There's three major categories of things that can be varied. Yeah. So there are the weights you use, Mm -hmm. the reps, and then the movements. Yeah. And reps sort of is like time because more reps takes longer. Exactly. So under load, what are all the different ways you can vary the load? Anything from body weight. So there's no real weight at all. Or even less than body weight. Less than body weight. Like a banded pull up. Sure. Yeah. Um, all the way up to a one rep max deadlift or back squat or whatever. Mm-hmm. And we've even been playing around with um, like some back squat, like walkouts yeah. where you just walk out and hold and you do that above a one rep max. So right. there are even some things you could go yeah. above. And like Olympic weightlifting max. programming, they'll do you know snatch pulls at above your one rep max snatch or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it can be super light or super heavy and everything in between. Okay. And then reps. Mm-hmm. So slash time. Everybody's favorite, well, some people's favorite is the one rep max. One rep right? max. Just doing yeah. one heavy ass lift. That's my fave. I love That's, doing one. Yeah. Ones are good. And then all the way up to, you know, the filthy 50s has 500 reps. Yeah. And Murph is a lot of reps. Yeah. So is that 600 reps 600 and Murph plus, plus the run. miles. Yeah. And each step is a rep. So I <laughs> <laughs> Or things like double unders are prescribed yeah. by the hundreds, yeah. right? So there's everything from one up to hundreds, theoretically. Yeah. Thousands, I so, suppose, if so you want the, to go crazy. The workouts will go anywhere from like a five second one rep max lift to a, you know, hour long workout sometimes. Mm -hmm. So we have load, we have the rep slash time and then the movements themselves. And Mm -hmm. then here we can break that down further. So we could think about the movements in terms of their modality. Yeah. And they fall into three major categories. Right. So there's gymnastics movements, which are generally like any kind of body weight exercise. Um, There's monostructural, which is something you can do for a long time without stopping right Six things like type yeah uh biking skier rowing even double unders that kind of thing where it's a lot at once mm-hmm. and then those are the things people would traditionally call cardio right technically we call them monostructural movements yeah why do we do that why do we not call them cardio because you can get cardio in a lot of different ways yes it's not the 
the only way to get, get your heart rate going is with a rower. You mm-hmm. can do it with a barbell too. Have you ever done 30 thrusters in a row? Yeah. That's a weightlifting movement. Would yeah. you say you got a cardiovascular response from that? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And then the last one is weightlifting. Weightlifting. So anything, any objects, they'll include wall balls and kettlebell swings into that because you're technically moving an object around. So mm-hmm. anything from light to heavy is any object is weightlifting. So we have but, uh, gymnastics moving yourself through space, yep. weightlifting, moving objects through space, and then monostructural, repetitive cyclic type movements. Right. All of which can create a cardiorespiratory response. For sure. <laughs> yeah. And then the other main components are, are you pushing, are you pulling, or are you squatting? And that's very traditionally like the bodybuilder kind of mm-hmm. mentality, right? It's it's It used to be arms, legs, back, whatever, but I think now they're moving more towards push, pull, squat, except for like maybe the super high level bodybuilders that need to just really target one area <laughs> or another. Monday is back and by yeah. Tuesday's chest and dry. Yeah. But I think a lot of the more common programs now are more about the type of movement you're doing. You're pushing, you're pulling or you're squatting. Mm-hmm. And so then between the, the modalities and the like direction of movement, there's the combinations of those things. Right. So generally there's your single modality thing, right? If you're just doing grace, you're doing clean and jerks and nothing else. Um, the more common ones are couplets and triplets, where it's a combination of two or three things. And then you get into chippers or you can do like, you know, five rounds for time where it's five different movements or whatever, mm-hmm. which would be categorized more in the chipper, longer domain sort yeah. of area. Chipper generally four movements or more. Yeah. Usually when we say chipper format, we mean you do all of one thing and then you're done with it. Like the filthy 50. Yeah. You do all the box jumps first and then you're done with box jumps and you just kind of move down this list, but yep. it's a generally chipper format. So we're talking about programming for CrossFit. The hallmarks of CrossFit style workouts have a few pretty common things. They're generally 15 minutes or less. Mm -hmm. They're generally couplets and triplets. They're generally complementary movement patterns. So like a push complemented with a pulling movement or a pushing movement with a squatting movement. Um, They're generally compound movements. So the the types of movements you'll see are like compound, multi-joint, big things. Mm -hmm. It's rare to see like, uh, tricep extension yeah. <laughs> for in a CrossFit workout, you're going to see push-ups or thrusters or things that involve multi-joints or whole body. Yeah. And then generally they're task priority. And by that, we mean they're for time. Yeah. And we do that because there's more of a sense of urgency to get things done mm-hmm. uh, when there's like three rounds for time versus if you have 15 minutes, you can kind of casually work your way through 15 minutes and mm-hmm. not really get a lot of work done. Um, like so, AMRAPs. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, so, so those... What is that? Five, 15 minutes or less, couplets and triplets, complementary movement patterns of compound movements, task priority. Yeah. Those are the hallmarks of CrossFit style workouts because they are great at intensity. Intensity. Yes. Intensity is the independent variable most commonly associated with maximizing the rate of return of favorable adaptation. It's a mouthful. There you go. That's a mouthful. <laughs> <laughs> intensity is the thing, yeah. the independent variable most commonly associated with increasing the rate of return. Yeah. So, like, getting you the results you want faster at favorable adaptations, which are any of the things that you would want out of your training program. You want to get leaner. You want to get stronger. You want to get faster. You want whatever it is. Intensity is the independent variable. That's right. Intensity is directly equal to power up power. Yeah. Which is load times distance over time. Mm -hmm. So you can geek out a little bit. Yeah. The engineers in the crowd will appreciate (laughs) the power formula. Yeah. So there's three parts, load, how much does it weigh, times the distance, how far did you move it? Yeah. And then the more reps you do, that multiplies the distance. D- 
divided by time. Yeah. Like how long did it take you? Yeah. So then you can play with those three things heavier, further, and by further, I mean more reps usually or faster. Yeah. Heavier, further, faster. Increase any one of those three variables or all three of them. And what happens? Intensity goes up. Intensity goes up because power output went up. The yep. wattage of like literally the, the power that you're creating goes up. Yeah. Um, so those are like, if you were to look at a CrossFit, like a month of CrossFit programming, I'm yeah. not saying every single workout is 15 minutes or less or every single workout mm-hmm. is complementary movement patterns. We can all think of examples of long workouts. Yeah. Of um, interference. Yeah, good old JT. JT. Yeah. Fun fact. Did you know JT was the first hero workout ever posted on CrossFit? Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. JT, do you know what it is off my heart? It's 2159 handstand push-up, ring dip, push-up. So pushing, pushing, pushing. 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 All the pushing. <laughs> and we always tell people when we're about to do this workout, be ready for the worst push-ups you've ever had in your entire life. And everybody's like, oh, okay, whatever. And then they get through their 21 dips and get to the push-ups and do one rep. And they're like, what the (laughs) shit? (laughs) This is going to be a long 45 reps. Yeah. And so then what happens to the intensity? It drops. It drops. Yeah. And there's some utility in in working on muscle stamina or working in longer time domains. There's some utility, but the bulk of a good CrossFit program needs to prioritize intensity. Yeah. Like I'm trying to be clear that it's not like at the expense of everything else, Mm -hmm. but... Yeah, it's, it's, it's great to do those are. types of things once in a while mm-hmm. as a test. Yeah. Or, uh, you know, just a way to get out of your comfort zone or whatever. Yeah. Remember when we did the gymnastics seminar, Tucker recommended trying, at, he's like, at some point in your life, try doing a strict JT. So strict mm. handstand push-up, strict dip, strict push-up. Um, and he's like, that, it's going to take you forever. <laughs> he's like, that's fine. Just like do it because it's a good way to like get out of your comfort zone of always keeping your handstand pushups or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he's like, just focus on quality over speed and just like tough it out. Yeah. That's so a good point. Yeah. So one of my favorite phrases in CrossFit is you fail at the margins of your experience. Mm-hmm. So if you never lift heavy and then today you have to lift heavy, you're going to fail. Yeah. If you never sprint and now today you have to sprint, you're going to fail. So most of us that come to CrossFit from other sport backgrounds will fail at the margins of our experience. There's no other training program that adequately prepares you for all of the different demands of what we do. For sure. So what we do is we're trying to push out the margins of our experience by varying load, the reps or time, and the movements. Those are the three big ones. We could vary other things. Yeah. You could vary the temperature in which you work out. You could vary the time of day. Mm-hmm. You could vary whether you ate first or didn't eat first. Like, eh, you can vary those things, but that's not like the, yeah. that's not the bulk of where you're going to get the benefit. Yeah. But certainly there's some utility to that. For if sure. you always work out in the evening and then one day you go to a competition and your heat time is at 7 a.m., you're going to be like, holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> like, or, you know, you always train in frozen Canada and then you go to a competition in California and it's 40 degrees on the field. Like people fail yeah. in those conditions too. So I remember the first time we were going to go to regionals, we had no idea what to expect. And we did a couple workouts with no music. Mm-hmm. We did some with like all the doors closed and like making sure it was warm. We did some with weight vests just because we were like, well, let's just try everything and see yeah. how it is. Challenge ourselves. There's nothing worse than working out in dead silence. <laughs> <laughs> really just listening to each other breathe heavy and grunt. Yeah. That's yeah. great. <laughs> but you know, get out of your comfort zone, totally, right? Yeah. Test the margins of your experience. Those were good mental training exercises to be adaptable. For sure. To anything for sure. So CrossFit as a sport. We are a general physical preparedness program. Yeah. We're trying to make athletes that are broadly good at a lot of things. We try to cover all of our bases yeah. across 
what's called the 10 generally recognized physical skills. Yeah. Do you think we can name them? Yes. Strength, power, speed, cardio endurance, stamina, flexibility, balance, accuracy, agility, coordination. Nailed it. Boom. All 10. <laughs> <laughs> 14 so, years in the making. <laughs> that's some level four shit right oh, there. Shit. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I hope you know the 10 yeah. by now after 14 years. Um, so a, a CrossFit program is a combination of of weightlifting, gymnastics, and monostructural. Yeah. It is a pet peeve thing of mine when people go, I tried CrossFit once. I tried a CrossFit workout. Mm -hmm. There's no such thing as a CrossFit workout. CrossFit yeah. is a methodology. It's a training program. You can't do one time because a one rep max back squat is CrossFit. Yeah. Uh, Fran is CrossFit. Karen is CrossFit. Murph is CrossFit. 5K run is CrossFit. Like, CrossFit doesn't own a trademark on any of these things. In fact, we stole all of them from other sports, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, one rep max back squat, that's powerlifting, you know, like, yeah. um, we don't, you know, CrossFit doesn't have a trademark on toes to bar. Like we don't own any of the movements. We own the methodology, the, right. the way that we combine them to create a certain outcome. Yeah. And so if you tried a CrossFit workout once, you didn't, you didn't, you didn't yeah. try CrossFit, you, you know, did a workout. You need some time, time. to try CrossFit. You need to give it at least... Yeah. One to four months. Yeah. To I, really get a feel for it. You just say four months to get the, an entire cycle of programming, a mm -hmm. season of it, enough of the variance, enough of all the different things to understand the, the full methodology. So keeping that in mind, one of the things we wanted to cover was how to spot bad programming. Yeah. And man, there's some bad programming. There is. <laughs> there. And, and we've been through those phases too, yeah. where it's a learning process. You know, mm -hmm. like I, I look back at some of our, workouts from 10 years ago and either it's like super easy and it's kind of a reassuring thing like wow like the sport of crossfit has really come a, a long way mm -hmm. or I look back and you're like what the hell was i thinking like that is crazy yeah. um so as long as people are always like striving to do better and learn from their mistakes then i think mm -hmm. you know, it's it's fine um but so should you ever be in the unfortunate situation yes. where you have to move away <laughs> and you're not a brio anymore and you're crying yourself to sleep every night and you're <laughs> looking for a new CrossFit gym yeah. and you were trying to evaluate what their programming looks like. You pop up a website, you take a look at a week or a month's worth of programming, yeah. some um, red flags. Yeah. The main red flag I think is volume, mm -hmm. right? If there's, if they're either a trying to cram three or four different things into one, one hour class that's too much. I think you can do two shorter things or one longer thing and that's it. Mm -hmm. um, or alternatively, if within that workout, there's just like a ridiculous amount of reps of something mm -hmm. or multiple things. So if like the average length of a workout, when you're looking at a month of programming is like 30 minutes. Yeah. What do we know people are not doing a good job of? They're not working at intensity. Yeah. Right. They're doing long, slow workouts all the time because you can't work at high intensity for like 30 minutes. Yeah. Um, so too much or too long. Yep. I think a very rookie mistake is thinking that they make things harder by doing more yeah. reps or making it longer, Yeah, which is false. <laughs> 45 thrusters is hard, then 90 thrusters must be twice as hard. Yeah. And it's like, no, it's just different, right? Yeah. You can't push the same speed or weight or pace uh, with 90 that you can with 45. So they're just different things. Mm -hmm. So just because it's more doesn't always necessarily mean it's harder. Yeah. Um, other common thing like missing elements. Yeah. There's some places where 
they call themselves CrossFit style training or whatever. And all they do is like conditioning stuff. Mm-hmm. Nothing it's like but a kettlebell. Yeah. Nothing but kettlebell swings and box jumps and wall balls and the like cardio type stuff. If you've completely eliminated barbells, it's not a CrossFit program. Yeah. You know, or even like a gym that never teaches a snatch. Yeah. You know, it's like, that's a, you know, that's a like common core movement for us because it's unique in its ability to generate power. Sure. It represents almost all 10 of those generally recognized physical skills. Um, but if that's just left out of a CrossFit program, then it's not CrossFit anymore. Yeah. yeah. And then the flip side is gyms that only really like to lift heavy. Yeah. And then they don't do burpees and run 5k and <laughs> burpees are for suckers. I'm just gonna <laughs> yeah. Well, now you're just a, now you're just a weightlifting yeah. gym, right? Which is also fine. Yeah. But it's not CrossFit. Yeah. You got to have a mixture of all of the things. Yeah. And then, and this is always a, a struggle to balance wants versus needs. Yeah. I think there are, there's definitely the people that love the weightlifting mm-hmm. and there's the people that love the cardio and it's hard as a coach mm-hmm. or like a gym operator mm-hmm. to not get caught up in like giving people what they want versus what they need. You know, it's, it's great to do some of those super fun workouts that everybody loves once in a while. Mm-hmm. But if that's all you're doing and you're never really challenging people, you're not helping them weak, work on their weaknesses they're not really ever going to get that much better. So mm-hmm. um, I, I always talk about there's a combination of sit-ups, kettlebell swings, and double unders. And whenever I do that combination, people are always like, that was such a great workout. I loved it. Like, that <laughs> yeah. was a fun one. That was a yeah. fun one. We call that just for fun. <laughs> it yeah. was just like a, you know, filler workout where we're like, we're just going to have some fun. We're going to move fast. We're going to like, you know, do mm-hmm. some like pretty straightforward stuff. Um, and those are great to do once in a while, but you can't do that kind of stuff all the time. Sometimes you have to do the like, super dirty Fran type stuff. And you've got to do the like heavy back squat sets of fives and tens that are just riding the struggle bus the whole time. And mm-hmm. you need to get uncomfortable. So, um, but on the flip side of that, if you only ever do the super like aggressive, really difficult stuff and nobody enjoys the process, then they're not going to show up or they're mm-hmm. not going to try hard. And we always say the best program is the program that people will try the hardest on right? the one that people will actually do. Yeah. <laughs> A, you have to want to do it. Yeah. And then assuming you're doing it, it's the one you're going to try the hardest on. Yeah, for sure. Because it it all comes back to the intensity that we talked about at the beginning, right? Like the best program is the one that you apply the most intensity to. Mm -hmm. So yeah, got to work hard. Yeah. I've seen, um, yeah, gyms make this mistake of like, well, this, you know, exercise physiology Mm -hmm. textbook or this article says that this exact time frame of 20 seconds on four minutes off is the most effective for increasing vo2 max and 12 year old hockey players so that's how we're gonna train you're like guys like who gives a shit yeah <laughs> you know at cool it's interesting yeah i love geeking out on the science but like that's not what's happening in your gym right you can't get too hung up on on what happened in some exercise physiology lab yeah you know it's like you have to make it fun you have to make it effective you have to make people want to do it you have to make them yeah. try hard and you know this is our hobby for all of us right we're supposed to enjoy the process so yeah there definitely needs to be some yeah there's a lot of fun there's a lot of science that backs up hit training and it's like a super efficient yeah. way to like build up certain measures of fitness like vo2 max but if all you've ever done in your life is hit training where it's like one minute of work and four minutes of rest or whatever and you try to compete at the crossfit games like you're gonna get destroyed mm-hmm. because you can't do that same level of intensity for you know five ten fifteen minutes whereas mm-hmm. the crossfitters who are doing all the stuff will be able to maintain higher levels of intensity so it's all dependent on what your goal is if you're trying to be a super awesome hockey player and that your longest shift on the ice is 30 seconds or a minute or whatever then yeah you need to focus mostly on that mm-hmm. but we're talking about the average human that just wants to be fit and healthy that's the difference between specializing mm-hmm. and generalizing yeah if you only 
you know, run in 30 to 60 minute timeframes, you're going to suck if you have to do a sprint interval workout. If you only do sprint intervals, you're going to suck when you have to do a 60 minutes, you know? So it's yeah. like, we do all of it so that we can create people that are athletes with the broadest capacity right. across all those things. So, uh, red flags and programming too much volume, um, missing a major component, you know, either making it just boot campy conditioning stuff or just heavy weightlifting and, and missing the balance. Um, and then, you know, favoring too much in one side, not having a balance of wants versus needs. It's either not fun or it's too much fun. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there has to be some balance yeah. in there too. Um, so keeping those things in mind, the sort of like background, basic definitions of what we're doing, let's take a peek into our programming, like right. your method for how this goes. So you program all the workouts. Yeah. What's your system? Where do you start conceptually? Do you start big picture, like think about the year, or do you start with the day and build outwards? What's your... I sort of have the the whole year built up into different little segments, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, and that's entirely based upon our, our clientele, mm -hmm. right? I know that the summertime is a bit of a wash for some people, right? They're lucky if they can get two or three workouts in. Um, often they're traveling or lake people or Way whatever. less consistency. <clears throat> Way less consistency. I know that in the fall, everybody's coming off of that. So they're super committed. They're super dedicated. And then I know that leading up to the open, a lot we're going to end up doing that. So we need to sort of prepare for that. A few weeks around Christmas are also usually kind of a wash. Yeah, yeah, for <laughs> sure. So generally what I do is I, I make September the start of our year. And I try to do a good like strength session within the, the months from September to uh, Christmas, where we we generally try to start with a CrossFit total to kind of see where we're at coming off the summer. And then we'll do a lot more powerlifting type stuff than we normally do um, within those few months. And then we'll try to retest the, the total again before Christmas. Through the Christmas break, it's a lot more like fun stuff and partner workouts. And we have kind of some uh, traditional type things we like to do, like mm -hmm. our 150 burpees and the like 12 days of Christmas workout. So I throw some, you know, repeats and stuff in there for that type of thing. Mm -hmm. And then leading up to the open, we know it's going to be primarily um, classic CrossFit generally all about conditioning stuff there especially in the last few years it's been a lot less like high skill movements um it's been more just like what's your capacity what's your work capacity so we try to do like very traditional crossfit type stuff and then any of the lifting and stuff we try to do it as fatigued lifting mm -hmm. because if you're going to do it in the open chances are you're going to have to do a wad first and then do the open so I'll do more lifting at the end of a workout instead of mm -hmm. at the beginning. Several times they've done that as the test where it was one <clears throat> event, but it had two scored parts. So it was like one of them was like a 12 minute AMRAP first. And then you had, what was it seven or eight minutes to do a one rep max clean or something, yeah. you know? So it's like, they like to do that so yep. that you can't just have the strong weight, um, weightlifters and powerlifters show up and smash on everybody. And For then sure. they have to actually like earn their way to the heavy barbell first. Yeah. And then after the open's done, we try to do a little bit more of a build up towards Murph. We live in a climate where we don't get to run year round. <laughs> so going from zero to two mile runs in a workout with a whole bunch of volume um, on the body weight stuff is always a bit of a challenge. So I try to do a bunch of prep work leading up to Murph, which is our May long weekend. Mm -hmm. And then um, after Murph and through the summer, we just take advantage of the ability to run outside. So we'll do more running stuff and then you know all the regular traditional stuff. And we get to do more outside like sled drags and yeah. prowler pushes and tire flips and yeah. just like the seasonal kind of stuff too. For sure. So it's always based on like classic CrossFit stuff. You know, we're always doing wads. We're always doing some weightlifting stuff. We're just 
you know, slight differences, slight variances from year to year. Dictated a bit by the weather. <laughs> yeah. It all started, like when we first started doing programming, um, I had no idea what I was doing. So we we're like, we're just going to follow CrossFit.com. Mm-hmm. And honestly, that is a great place to start for most places. Um, a lot of people will jump in on, you know, Matt Fraser's program or Tia Toomey's program or whatever. And that programming is always like a multi-step thing. There's like four or five pieces because they're training for like the CrossFit games. Mm-hmm. They're like high level athletes. Whereas the main page is just one thing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we did that for a long time. Um, we started to struggle with, they would do three days on, one day off, three days on, one day off all the time. Mm-hmm. So whenever it was a one day off, I had to figure out something else to do. And it would, cause we're open cause seven we're days open. a week. <laughs> so we would do three days. I'd be like, okay, like we'll fit in these two things. And then so often whatever I programmed that day would come up similar on the next day of CrossFit programming. And I'd be like, damn it, we just did that lesson. Yeah. So you, you run up, you run into holes like that. So we ended up following it a week behind and that alleviated that problem. Mm-hmm. Um, and then at one point we tried following one of the like competitive CrossFit um, programs. Yeah. I won't um, say which one. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't all good. Um, it was very, very much focused on the open, right? And so there was a ton of movements that you see in the open. And then they, they would completely ignore a lot of the like stuff that we generally like to take advantage of. There was never a strongman sandbag mm-hmm. or a prowler or whatever. It was like super heavy on a lot of open style movements, mm-hmm. very repetitive And then again, it would be like four pieces within a day. And you're like, okay, well, I only have time to do one or two of these things. So you're Mm -hmm. missing out on multiple parts of that program. So we did that for a little while and then realized that it wasn't a good fit and we could do a better job. And um, we know what our athletes are like, right? Mm -hmm. So I know what the strongest person in our gym is capable of doing. So I can program the, the full heavyweight based on that person and then everybody else can scale appropriately. If you're following like, Sam Dancer's program, but he can, you know, deadlift, <laughs> deadlift like 600, 600 pounds plus cold. pounds. Yeah. It's like, well, he's doing it with 405, but like, that's your one rep max. It's like, you know, people like to be able to do an RX once in a while. And, yeah. and if it's impossible to RX it, then it's really hard to stay motivated with that. Mm-hmm. So I think if I'm going to sum up what you just said, some of the pitfalls of following outside programming, making it fit your schedule, mm-hmm. especially if they don't program seven days a week. Um, Outside programs tend to be very generic because they're not going to program for like specialized equipment, which we're lucky enough to have things like strongman sandbags and, you know, a full wall of ski ergs and stuff now that not every CrossFit gym has. So then they tend to program very generic stuff. So then you miss out on some of your, your cool toys that you have. Um, A lot of the programs out there are meant for individuals, not classes. So they're not programmed with the intention of a, of a one hour class in mind. They're meant for individuals that are in the gym training multiple hours every day. Um, they're meant for high level (laughs) CrossFit games, level athletes, not normal people. So they're way too much volume, um, and way too high risk for people that are not, um, being compensated for that risk by like winning competitions, you know, not doing this like it's our profession. Um, and then, yeah, like the. It was about six months we followed one of the well-known outside programs. We got kind of talked into it. And and I will say to our credit, I think one of our strengths is we're always willing to try something. Yeah. Um, we're also very good at abandoning what is not working. For so sure. we're um, good at not staying stuck in a rut and being like, well, this is just the way we've always done it. So yeah. it's going to stay that way. Um, it was a learning experience. It was a learning experience. Um, it was terrible. I will say <laughs> I was not good from, I can't think of a single good thing about it, which is why I won't name which one it was because yeah. I'm saying shit about it. Um, 
to the point that like members were coming up to us and being like, what is with the programming? Like, mm-hmm. It's like terrible right now. And how bad does something have to be for people to like bring it up? Yeah. It focused on like so much rowing yeah. in prep for the open where like maybe the row is going to be one component of one workout and you get 20% better at rowing and you saved yourself 30 seconds yeah. on that event. What we did not do leading up to the open was a single toes to bar for yeah. three months. I remember looking at the programming being like toes to bar have been in the open every single year. That's one of the ones you can count on seeing and we're just not going to train them. It yeah. seemed bonkers to me. It was such like from the outside perspective, but like I said, it's worth a try. Yeah. And now to this day, like I, to avoid getting, you know, stuck in a rut and doing the same thing over and over again, I will still borrow workouts from other places. So I try to look at CrossFit.com or Mayhem or wherever and be like, okay, like that looks reasonable for us. Mm -hmm. I can fit that into our week and I'll, I'll borrow ideas from everybody. So I think the absolute best programming is going to be customized in-house programming when it's done well. Yeah. (laughs) Second best if you're, if you're not good at programming and there's plenty of coaches that aren't or just don't want to or don't like the process, like you kind of like the creative yeah. outlet of it, then I think second best is to follow someone else's outside program. It's going to be more generic. It's it's not going to fit your community and your space as well. Yeah. But it's better than in-house programming done poorly. For sure. So I would say in-house done well, then outside programming, then in-house done poorly. Done. And unfortunately... There are a lot of gyms out there on number three. Yeah. They're doing it themselves and they're not doing it well. Yeah. And they're following into the pitfalls. Too much volume, trying to cram too much in an hour. They're missing components to favor something else. Yeah. You know, and then they're they're losing sight of the CrossFit methodology. Yeah. Back to my process. Oh, so, yeah. Okay. Sorry. The year. Detour. <laughs> yeah, detour. <laughs> so I have my segments through the year that I slightly mm-hmm. adjust. Then I generally go a week at a time. Um, I always try to look at like my previous few days and make sure that it's never like too much of the same stuff back to back. Mm -hmm. Um, but I guess I start each week with the lifting component. So, excuse me. So Tuesday we always squat heavy. That's like our, Mm -hmm. that's our only real consistent thing that we do because heavy squatting is just such a like super crucial part of, um, training. So every Tuesday we do some sort of heavy squat. Mm -hmm. Um, and then because we're doing a lifting component, I know that that workout has to be a shorter one. So I try to make Tuesday our squat and sprint day. Mm-hmm. And then I'll generally put in like some holy lifting or deadlifting or whatever EMOM type lifting stuff, two to three, sometimes four days a week, depending on where we're at with the, the cycle. And then based on those lifting days, I will figure out the time domains of the, the rest of the week. So I'll be like, you know, Monday's going to be a long one and Tuesday's going to be my sprint day and Wednesday's going to be my like intervals and so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. So start with the lifting, then do the time Time domains. Then based on the time domains and the lifting days, I start to put in where I want uh, certain movements to be. If I know I'm going to do a sprint workout, I can't have five different movements in there. So Mm -hmm. I'm going to make that a couplet or maybe a triplet or something like that. Um, and I start to piece together the movements based on, you know, mixing it up. So there's a lot of variety, but not doing like five super heavy shoulder days in a row. You know, I try to make it and actually tell this to our new people when they first start. Often people think it's best if I go Monday on Tuesday off, Wednesday on Thursday off, Friday on. And I generally say that's actually not ideal because I won't program 
two of the same type of stuff two days in a row for sure. So if you go Monday, Tuesday, you're guaranteed getting two completely different things. Whereas Wednesday and Monday might be more similar than Monday and Tuesday. Mm -hmm. So it's often better to go two days on one day off or something like that. Um, so once I figured out kind of where the movements are that I want to use for the week, I start to figure out the rep schemes based on the time domain that we're doing. And then that starts to like get everything together. And then I just kind of like review the whole week, make sure that I'm hitting all the movements that I want to hit. Mm -hmm. uh, we, we generally have certain movements that I like to hit every week. Yeah. Um, things like thrusters and, you know, heavy squats on Tuesdays, like I said, and, you know, some sort of pull up, some sort of tour to bar, like all the super like main CrossFit movements. I try to hit those every week and then every like two weeks to a month or whatever, I'll throw in like sleds or sandbags or something that's sort of different that we don't necessarily have to train all the time. But it's even a, like, I would say ring dips or like yeah, pistols or like they're part sure. of CrossFit, but they're not like the, the ones that aren't like super common. Yeah. Yeah. And try to mix it up so that we're, we're still getting some of those in, but it, it's not that it has to be consistently every week. Mm-hmm. So yeah, start with the big year picture and then I plug in the week mm -hmm. and then after I do the week's programming, you review it and give me the gate. You do all the coaches notes and, you know, we just sort of like discuss, make sure that we're all on the same page here and then. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it. behind the scenes, if you want to know how this all works, <laughs> David has a ginormous spreadsheet <laughs> that has been going for like since like since the beginning yeah since we started doing our own programming it's an excel 2012 document. it's a google sheets doc yeah. yeah and it is like every month going back like more than 10 years now yeah. so it's giant um, so each each tab is a month so i can look at the whole month and figure out like what yeah. we need and what we're missing and whatever as i'm doing that month and then i add a new tab for the next month and they're like color coded by like weightlifting stuff is purple wads yeah. are uh, green skill gymnastic skills are blue I think so you can so visually it's all laid out nicely yeah. for you to look at the like big picture of the month yeah so you do all the programming you put everything in beyond the whiteboard and do the notes that show up in beyond the whiteboard yeah then I hop in my process is I do all of the the notes that go out to our coaches and so the spell checking and the spell checking <laughs> <I know. laughs> there was one week where I didn't and I bet you guys could pick out which week it was because love you a lot but you're not a good speller <laughs> So things I'm like, what? Anyway, um, that's where I come in, spell check. Um, so then I take the the notes that the athletes are going to see and be on the whiteboard. And then the coaches see that they just get it ahead of time. So we're all on the same page, us, coaches, athletes, everybody's seeing the same info. And then anything additional that needs to get added to the coaches specifically about how to set up the gym, how to run multiple heats, like mm -hmm. whatever, things that the coaches flow of the flow class, of yeah. Yeah, organization. Um anything else needs to go in there. Um, sometimes I'll post videos for them if, yeah. you know, like progressions or teaching things or scaling, modifying, whatever. Yeah. So there's a, actually a whole hidden section of our website mm -hmm. that only the coaches have access to called the Coach Hub. And one of the things they have in there is the the notes for the week yeah. come up. And basically like when I'm, when I'm figuring out the workouts, it's all based around what I know we can do within our gym, right? Mm -hmm. So if we're going to do a workout with rowing, like we have nine rowers and we have... 14 people in a class. We have eight rowers. We have eight rowers. <laughs> we have nine rowers, including the one in our garage. <laughs> that's, that's true. <laughs> we have eight rowers in the gym. 
<laughs> 14 people classes normally. So I try not to make it that there's ever going to be a time where people are standing there waiting for a rower, right? Mm -hmm. Or if we're doing ski ergs, we have five ski ergs. Got that one, right? Yeah, nailed it. <laughs> I try to make it like three different things so we can rotate around and it all makes sense. So there's, there's flow. Because I remember going to CrossFit way long time ago in Maui. And it was like in a garage and there was one pull-up bar and like three barbells and like two boxes, I think. And there was probably 15 people that showed up <laughs> for this workout and we were doing pull-ups and like thrusters and whatever. And they were just jumps. like, figure it out. Like, Good luck guys, figure it out. <laughs> and it was, it was fine, but it was fun. It was super fun. But we like to, you know, offer that like professional like you get to go at your pace and I'm going to go at my pace and we never have to worry about waiting on each other and you know that way so and so can have his level of intensity that he needs to get better and this person doesn't have to feel intimidated by that person because they're doing their own separate things so we try to make it all just sort of work and cohesive within our space mm -hmm. that's the big thing you know that's one of the big things that you're missing when you're following somebody else's program is they don't know if you have a rower or how many rows you have or how much weight you have or whatever mm -hmm. So there's definitely quite the process. The other thing I forgot to mention is if we're ever doing a repeat or somebody else's workouts, those go in early with the strength stuff. And that way I can build the rest of the week around them. Mm -hmm. uh, Cause again, I try not to do like too much volume of any movement or too much of the same thing back to back. Yeah. And we do like, so the, the master's online qualifier yeah. was, when was that back at the end of April? And we sprinkled in those workouts through the next couple of weeks. Cause you're like, Oh, yeah. CrossFit HQ program, those workouts, um, they were fun. We give our athletes in the classes a chance to do those ones. So then they, they show up yeah. in the regular rotation. So if that's the process, mm -hmm. let's talk about, take us through like a beginner's guide to programming, like to putting a workout together. So say someone is like at the lake yeah. for like a week and they're like, I need to do a workout. And maybe they have like one dumbbell or a skipping rope or something some basics of how to put together a workout for yourself sure. if you ever had to. Like the first thing you need to decide is like, how long do I want this workout to take? Yeah. Right. Like the time domain is kind of probably your, your step one. Right. And the rookie mistake there would be, it just needs to be an hour. Yeah. <laughs> 45 minutes. Yeah. Holy shit. What are you doing? Yeah. Stop. So the, the time domain will dictate most of the other things. Mm -hmm. Right. And you know, equipment of course, but let's say you're even in a gym. Like we were at a global gym while we were on holidays <laughs> the other day in Edmonton and we just went to a global gym and it's like they have lots of equipment and if you want to do a CrossFit workout in front of the global gym is cool. In front but, of the mirrors. Yeah. Oh God. <laughs> so start with your time domain. So if it's gonna be short, you only want to spend seven or ten or fifteen minutes, you probably just want a couplet or a triplet. Mm -hmm. If you want it to be a long workout, you probably need either more movements or you need one of those movements probably to be a monostructural movement. Because if you're going to do a 30 minute AMRAP and all you're doing is dumbbell snatches and like burpees, that's going to be a shit ton of dumbbell snatches and burpees. Mm -hmm. Like an unsafe number yeah. of dumbbell snatches. Like a ridiculous amount. So yeah. um, there's sort of like rules you want to follow as far as volume of each movement goes. And I kind of always look at like the, the most high level of the, you know, games workouts or um, regionals or open workouts as like the standard, right? So if you're going to do um, pull-ups, for example, Murph is like a pretty high volume pull-up workout. It's a hundred reps for the average person that is more than enough, right? Yeah. So if you're programming a workout with two, 300 pull-ups, 
probably way too much. Stupid. Same with push-ups, right? Push-ups, 200 is pushing it. Most people really struggle to get through a full amount of Murph with 200 push-ups. So any of those body weight exercises, you're in and around the, the hundreds, but at the top, at end, the top maximum. Yes. And it seems to be with pull-ups that people's hands will give out for sure around 97 yeah. reps. <laughs> if it's supposed to be a hundred, you know, it's like, yeah, there's those considerations too, from like, you know, you don't need to do so much volume. They just bleed. Yeah. So, there's, so basic body weight movements, you can probably get away with a large amount, but then mm-hmm. advanced body weight movements, muscle ups, handstand pushups, you're looking closer to the like 50 to, you know, 75 range tops mm-hmm. muscle ups, even like 30 is a lot. Yeah. Um, any kind of like moderate weight type stuff, things like, uh, Diane or Grace or whatever, you're usually in that like 30 to maybe 60 rep range. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when you start getting into the lighter stuff, again, it depends how, f- how long you want it to be, but you can, you know, there's co is a workout that has a hundred thrusters at 95 pounds. Mm-hmm. Um, but generally it tends to be the shorter, faster sprinty stuff. So yeah. the lighter weight stuff, you can do more volume, but like wall balls, you know, top ends about 150, like yep. a Karen type volume, dumbbell snatches, top end about 150. Yeah. That first year that they had dumbbell snatches in the open and it was, uh, it was 150 was the volume and there was, you weren't allowed to use your hand on your leg. Yeah. That fucked people up. Yeah. Like that was a, um, an, a, a volume and without the support for the back. Yeah. That was a lot of people were just like. Not injured, but just their spinal erector muscles were overwhelmed for yeah. like a good week. And after the that. increased intensity of doing it in the open. Mm-hmm. Right? You always push harder in the open. It was also paired with burpee box jumps. So there was yeah. a bunch more hinging in the burpees. So I think that also exacerbated because it was a bit of an interference yeah. thing. So we have um, the lower skill body weight movements, sort of 100-ish range. Higher skill body weight movements, like 50-ish range. Yeah. Um, lighter... Technically, those are weightlifting movements, wall balls and dumbbell snatches and thrusters and things. You're kind of like, um, for the conditioning aspect of it, max of about 150. Yeah. Safety-wise in there too. When we start to get into heavier external loads, like a Diane's a um, 225 deadlift for the guys and 155 for the girls. Yeah. It's about, we always say it should be about 50% of one rep max. We work off of guys at the RX level that are deadlifting over 450 and girls over 300-ish. Yeah. Um, so on paper... 50% sounds light, but in for volume, in reality yeah. for volume, it feels very heavy. Yeah. And it's, it's about how short of a time you're doing it. If you do 50 reps over 15 minutes, it's not that big of a deal. Yeah. But if you're trying to do 50 reps in three minutes, it's fucking hard. Yeah. So, so if you're putting a workout together and we're kind of like relisting those hallmarks of CrossFit workouts, yeah. 15 minutes or less, couplets or triplets, um, complementary movement patterns in general, so you can maintain intensity you know, people are familiar with the core CrossFit movements. They are the compound multi-joint movements. Um, I often, like if I was on holidays or like when I, you know, travel teaching seminars, I'll get somewhere on a Friday night and go hit a hotel gym. Mm -hmm. I'll just like throw my time around for like 15 minutes and be like, I'm just going to like move for 15 minutes. And I might do like, you know, dumbbell snatches, sit-ups and lunges or something, you know, just throw together like three movements, whatever I have available to me. Um, Generally though, I give those ones a, um, a time priority right. instead of a task priority when I'm just by myself and I'm like, okay, I'm just going to do something quick. For sure. It's also easier for me to talk myself into working out alone, <laughs> which is like a bummer when I'm like, okay, I'm just going to do something for 15 minutes yeah. or 10 minutes or whatever. For sure. And then I don't have to talk myself into be like, oh, okay, I'm going to do five rounds of this big long thing. And, yeah. You know. And a good way to figure out like how much volume you're going to do is think about like how long it takes you to do a rep, right? Mm-hmm. If I'm going to do 
uh, dumbbell snatch. The fastest I'm going to do dumbbell snatch is probably around two seconds or so. Mm -hmm. So if I'm going to do 10 reps at a time, that's like 20 to maybe 30 seconds, right? So mm -hmm. if you're planning on doing that and one other movement that takes 20 or 30 seconds to do that set and you want to do 20 minutes worth, like, well, now you're doing 20 rounds and you just yeah. have to think, okay, can I do 20 rounds of that workout? And if the answer is yes, then okay, cool. And if the answer is, oh God, that would be terrible, then you need to add something else in or make it bigger sets with breaks in it or something like that. Yeah, or just shorten it up. You kind yeah. of ask yourself like, okay, so if I can work really hard to 10 minutes, what is the marginal benefit of me working to 20 minutes? Yeah. Is there any marginal benefit or am I just making myself more sore and potentially like For moving sure. poorly at that point? We've You'd be better off going shorter, high intensity, moving well, good mechanics consistently yeah. across that time and then just done. We've done some experiments in the past where we'll do like three minutes of work, 90 seconds of rest and we'll do five rounds and then we'll do that same thing with that same amount of time but no scheduled rest and people often will get the same amount of work or less in the longer duration one because most people can't work non-stop for 20 minutes so mm -hmm. you end up standing around or taking breaks your transitions are slower or whatever mm -hmm. and when you look at it you're like oh well my my rest time was about the same as if I was doing three minutes on 90 seconds off but by doing those interval style ones, you're working so much harder. So you're getting that intensity that you need and then you get a break and then mm -hmm. you get to maintain that intensity. Whereas when you do, let's say a 20 minute nonstop AMRAP, it's the same amount of volume, but at a slower pace. Uh, so you end up dropping your intensity. Yeah. You're getting less benefit from yeah. it. I would say another, you know, beginner guide to programming. Think about the parts of the body that are just generally kind of vulnerable, right? Low back, lumbar area. Um, like Achilles yep. tendon and like shoulder stability type stuff. So be cautious with the volume and then be aware of the interference For sure. of the different movements. Like if you're just doing a ton of really ballistic stuff on the shoulders yeah. or somebody brought to me once, they're like, look at this workout we just did. They had gone to another, not a CrossFit gym, a functional training gym with some coworkers of theirs. And they're like, oh, check out this workout we did. It was like a 45 minute AMRAP thing. But it was like tuck jumps, mountain climbers, skipping, and something where I was like, that is an awful programmed workout. That yeah. is dangerous because it was jumping, 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 jumping. It was all very ballistic movements for yeah. a really long time that you were going to be end up doing so much volume. I was like, that if I wanted to write a workout for how to blow your Achilles, that would be what I would yeah. write. For sure. <laughs> yeah, you're like, who came out, you know, like... Some of those things just blow my mind where you can't, you know, people need to look at the, like you said, the time domain, therefore the totality of the volume you're going to do. And then also the movements you're picking and the interference of those things to make sure, sure you're not just, you know, setting yourself up to hurt yourself. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I generally try to like, if I know I want to maintain intensity, we'll often do a workout where like the first round will be a heavier weight and then the second round will be a lighter weight. And then the third round will be lighter still. I love and those that, ones. Yeah. And that way it's like, you can maintain a speed longer because you're getting like less, less weight. So you can push the intensity. Mm -hmm. um, and often in the open, you'll see it the opposite where the first round will be light and then it'll be heavier and then heavier and heavier. Mm -hmm. And I totally get why they do that because they want everybody, they want us to be inclusive. They want everybody to get a chance to do something. And if they started with a 405 pound deadlift or whatever, then they're going to eliminate, you know, 50% of the, the people. So they try to make it inclusive, but then the, 
people that are less fit are only going to make it so far, whereas the top-level athletes are going to make it all the way through. You have to so earn your way to you the do. heavy You have to earn yeah. your way through, which is great for, like, testing purposes. And sometimes we will do those workouts as well as part of our training. Mm-hmm. But I f- feel like as far as, like, maintaining intensity, you know, it, it's going to get slower if you're doing an ascending rep scheme or ascending weights, and it's going to get faster if you're doing a descending weight or descending rep scheme. Mm-hmm. Um, the other big thing that... I've seen a lot in the past is balancing out sort of the time on each movement that happens. Mm-hmm. This, this generally stems from somebody will want to use um, numbers that have some sort of meaning, right? Somebody's birth date or the day somebody died in a hero workout or something like that. And those can be done well and it makes sense. And then it can be done very poorly and it makes no sense at all. Mm-hmm. I remember seeing one workout, they were trying to do some sort of memorial workout and it was something like the date, it was like March 27th or something like that. And it was like three push press and 27 sit-ups. And it's like, well, the push press are going to take you like six seconds, seconds tops. <laughs> and then the sit-ups are going to take, you know, two minutes or whatever. And then it was like 12 rounds. So you end up doing like 400 sit-ups and only 36 push press. You yeah. know? And it's like, well, that's ridiculous. Like that doesn't make any sense at all. So generally try to pick your reps based on how much volume you should be doing with that movement. Generally, if it's a heavier weight, you need it to be a lower volume one. Mm -hmm. If it's a lighter weight, you need it to be a higher volume one. Um, If you want it to be long, you need to have some sort of like monostructural movement in there, like a run or a row or something to eat up some of that time. If you want it to be short and sprinty, you don't want to have a shit ton of movements in there where you're doing nothing but transitioning from one thing to another. Um, there's just so many little rules that will help you figure out the best way to maintain intensity. So mm-hmm. pick the pick the time domain, then pick the movements you want to do, then pick the rep schemes. And, you know, you can make it pretty if you want with making it your birth date or something, but only <laughs> if it actually makes sense. You know, yeah. if, it, if it just ruins the workout by doing your birth date, then sorry, you should have been born on a different day. <laughs> <laughs> Go back and change your birthday. Yeah. <laughs> we're, I was actually joking about that with one of our members, Morgan. She loves uh, man makers and skier calories. Mm. And uh, I was like, oh, maybe we can make a birthday workout for you with man makers and skier calories. I'm like, what's your birthday? And I don't remember what her actual birthday is, but it was something like March you know, 3rd or something like that. And I was like, ah, you should have been born on like March 20th because three man makers and 20 calories is a lot better than three man makers and three calories. Three calories. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, I'm just going to add something. I lost my train of thought. Oh dear. You not made me coffee. think of something when you were talking. Yeah. Not enough coffee. Um, so I always like to make the point to people that like the, the CrossFit methodology or this idea of working at intensity or like any of the things that we've named throughout this discussion, these are just tools. Mm-hmm. And you can take a tool and you can use it to create something beautiful, like a pencil. A pencil is a tool. You can use it to draw a beautiful picture or you can take it and stab it through your eye. <laughs> you know, like the, the methodology itself isn't the thing. It's like how you bring it to life. For it's sure. how you program it it's how you execute it it's how you coach it like from all these perspectives right there's like who makes up the workouts who coaches the workouts who does the workouts yeah um and so you can use it to create a beautiful picture or you could use it to stab it through your eyeball yeah Yeah, there's definitely no such thing as the one best program or the perfect program Mm -hmm. if it was it would probably be matt frazier's or tia toomey's because they're like (laughs) 
the best the crossfitters ever. Yeah. But if I was to try to follow Matt Fraser's programming, I would die. I can't handle what he does. He is like crazy fit. So any program that you're following, you need to make sure you're, you're catering, it, catering it to your specific abilities. You need to ignore what, you know, the high level people are doing and be like, okay, like if I'm going to do that workout and he can do 21 in a row and I can do three in a row, we're doing different workouts. Mm-hmm. You need to scale it down so that you're moving at the same pace or getting the same stimulus that they are getting with that. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think, in what fits into that picture, that's the role of the coach. For sure. Is to adequately explain this intended stimulus of the workout and then help their athletes scale appropriately to achieve yeah. success in yeah. that intended stimulus. Yeah, and I think I've said far. this before on a previous podcast. Sometimes it's fun to like test the waters and maybe do something heavier than you normally would or whatever. I generally recommend AMRAPs are those days Mm -hmm. because then no matter what you're done at seven minutes or 10 minutes or whatever, if you're trying to do five rounds for time and you've way overestimated what you're capable of and you're on a path to do a 45 minute workout and 30 of those minutes you're standing around resting, you're not really getting anything from that. Mm -hmm. So if you do want to test the waters, do it on an AMRAP, push it as hard as you can and then you're done at seven minutes. And how often? Not super often. Not super like often. Once in a while. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because the core of CrossFit workouts prioritize intensity. Yeah. Absolutely. And so if you always go very heavy and very slow, you're not doing CrossFit. Yeah. If you always go very light and very fast and don't challenge yourself, you're also not doing CrossFit. Yeah. Right. It's like the purpose is to, you know, work at intensity. Yeah. Relative intensity to each individual. For sure. Um, and then, uh, you know, we've hammered this point several times. The charter for safety is mechanics. You got to move well, then you got to move well consistently, and then you get to apply intensity. Yeah. So I think another thing is sort of a beginner's guide to programming. If you really are doing a workout where you want to like maximize like a sprint kind of super intense workout, then you're going to pick movements that you know you move very well or that don't require a lot of technical proficiency. Yeah. So you're going to pick burpees and you know, bike sprints and stuff like that, where it's like, you can just go to town and just get as uncomfortable as you possibly can tolerate. If you're not good at squat snatches or, Mm -hmm. you know, deadlifts or whatever, then you're not going to do those movements at high intensity for for speed. Yeah. Even just doing those movements on your own, right? Like they'd say practice makes permanence, right? Mm -hmm. If you go out to the lake and you got your broomstick out and you're practicing a bunch of really bad snatches, then you're, you're ingraining those movement patterns into yourself and, Mm -hmm then you just got to fix that next time you're trying to snatch properly in the class. So yeah, yeah when, when doing stuff on your own, keep it simple. Intervals are great because you you can definitely work hard for a short amount of time and then take a break and then do it again. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, just do the, the stuff you're super comfortable with. Yeah. Okay. So Programming 101. Programming 101. Inside the brain of David Riley. Yes. Making up all your favorite workouts. <laughs> <laughs> I do them mostly all now. So yeah. there was a period of time where I would program and be like, <laughs> suckers, <laughs> not doing that one. But now I try to actually. David's on the way. Fit. David's fit now. Yeah. Yeah, good job. <laughs> it has its seasons. <laughs> it comes and goes. I've been on a good streak though. Yeah. That's good. Well done. Proud of you. Thanks. All right, guys. See you in the next one. See you guys.